Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, January 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at the next Brexit battle for Prime Minister Theresa May as British lawmakers return to Westminster, the U.S. government heading into the third week of its shutdown, and a new $125 billion Chinese infrastructure plan to counteract a slowdown in its economy. Then the FT's James Politi tells us what we can expect as the U.S. and China begin trade talks today. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. British politicians are returning to Westminster this week, and Prime Minister Theresa May will seek to win over critics of her Brexit deal. Parliament is expected to hold a vote on the withdrawal agreement next week, a vote that was postponed in December. Mrs. May is expected to highlight the dangers of a no-deal Brexit or a second referendum. In an interview with the BBC on Sunday, she also said she's still working to secure legally binding assurances that the so-called backstop plan to avoid a hard Irish border would be temporary. Ensuring that we actually get the future relationship in place to replace the backstop if it's used is a, a, a crucial element of this. But the prime minister is facing another challenge. Senior MPs have tabled an amendment to the finance bill. That would stop the Treasury from making tax changes without the consent of Parliament in the event of a no-deal Brexit. The bill is due to be debated tomorrow, and if the amendment is agreed, it would send a strong message that a majority of MPs oppose leaving the EU without a deal. Today marks the beginning of the third week of the partial U.S. government shutdown. Congressional staff met with members of the Trump administration over the weekend, but there weren't any signs of a breakthrough on a deal. Mr. Trump is demanding $5.6 billion in funding for a wall along the U.S.-Mexican border. Yesterday, both the president and his acting chief of staff tried to reframe the demand for a wall. Instead, they tried to cast it as the kind of border fencing constructed under previous U.S. presidents. We're going to be doing a steel barrier, and that gives us great strength at the border. White House Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney talked about their demands on NBC's Meet the Press yesterday. Call it a wall, call it a fence. The president actually said he didn't care what you call it. He says as long as it's effective, he doesn't care what you call it. Hundreds of thousands of federal employees have been on leave or working without pay since December 22nd. The Democratic leader in the House, Nancy Pelosi, has refused to offer any money for a wall. And Mr. Trump says he expects the talks to continue this week. China has approved new rail projects worth more than $125 billion in the past month. The country is stepping up fiscal spending to counteract a slowdown in its economy. Last week, official data showed the first monthly contraction in manufacturing activity since 2016. And retail spending growth has slowed to its slowest pace in 15 years. According to predictions from Dutch bank ING, Beijing will unleash 4 trillion renminbi in fiscal stimulus this year. That'll help cushion downward pressure on demand from the trade war with the U.S. And here's something else we're following. U.S. and Chinese negotiators are set to meet today and tomorrow to talk about trade between the two countries. They're meeting as volatility in financial markets grows. Investors fear a slowdown in the global economy. The talks are the first face-to-face meeting since President Trump and President Xi Jinping agreed to a truce at the G20 summit in Argentina last month. But negotiators are under pressure to strike an agreement by March 2nd. If they don't, we'll see an escalation in tariffs. The FT's world trade editor, James Politi, is here to tell us what we can expect from trade talks this week and how we got here in the first place. Just after his re-election, 
President Trump brought uh, President Xi to Mar-a-Lago Resort. We've had a long discussion already, and so far I have gotten nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> but we have developed a friendship, I can see that. And ushered in sort of a period of about a year in which there was an attempt to kind of woo China into making some changes. Remember, Trump had, you know, bashed China relentlessly during the election campaign. And so one of his key promises was that he could force change in China. And after about a year, the U.S. perceived it hadn't achieved any results through that sort of softer approach. You know, the Trump administration started to slap tariffs on Chinese imports. It's going to make us a much stronger, much richer nation. They started in March of last year, and then they there was an attempt to reach a deal in May when a uh, kind of U.S. delegation, high-level delegation, went to Beijing and almost had a deal in hand, but then sort of Trump decided to throw that to the wind and he went ahead with a much more aggressive policy. Uh, that as of yesterday, the tariffs on $200 billion in Chinese goods uh, is a done deal. Retaliatory tariffs from the Chinese. Beijing retaliated with tax on $60 billion of U.S. goods to the tune of 5 to 10 percent. And then right before the midterm elections, Trump you know, picked up the phone and called uh, President Xi and said, let's try to make a deal. And then they set up their, their dinner in Buenos Aires and they essentially crafted a truce. And that's where we are now. We're in the truce period, but we don't, we don't quite know where that's going to go. What's expected to be discussed at these talks? So the U.S. delegation is led by the deputy U.S. trade representative, and he's bringing along with him officials from the Treasury Department, the Agriculture Department, and the Energy Department. And I think they're going to start working on some of the kind of concrete measures that they want the Chinese to, to do in order to sort of rebalance the trading relationship. So buy more U.S. farm products, uh, buy more American energy, take a few of the other steps, including, for instance, lowering their tariffs on cars. And at the same time, they're probably going to start tackling the thornier questions in U.S.-China relations, which are all about what happens when U.S. companies go to China and see some of their technology, you know, are forced to hand over some of the, their technology to Chinese companies or Chinese authorities, U.S. allegations of theft of intellectual property, and sort of the general U.S. critique of Chinese state capitalism, which is really at the root of the trade dispute. Do we have any sense of how successful these talks might be? Um, I think it's going to be these initial um, talks this week, I think, are only a stepping stone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect huge progress. We know that that both Trump and Robert Lighthizer, the U.S. trade representative, are going to Davos later this month. The Chinese vice president, Wang Qishan, is going to be there as well. So I think there could be more progress made there. And then, you know, I think it's it's quite hard to tell. I think the gap is still wide between the U.S. and China, between, you know, what the U.S. is demanding, which is really a wholesale change in, in Chinese economic policy and the you know, what the Chinese are willing to give. But I think the incentives have shifted as well in the sense that I think on both sides there's probably a sort of uh, a need, if, uh, you know, desire, if not a need, to kind of, you know, allay market tensions and, and get a result. And I think that those, those are kind of, in a way, competing imperatives. But I think that it's probably more likely that there will be a deal 
now than maybe it looked a few weeks ago. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.